Ah, take it from me. There's nothing like being a grandparent. And Brentwood Baptist Church, you are a grandparent. Several years ago, we started our campus in Spring Hill, Thompson Station area, Station Hill. And now, these years later, they have started a campus, Grove Hill. Grove Hill is a church plant in the area just further south of Station Hill, reaching people that our campus here at Brentwood would never reach. And you know what? Reaching people that Station Hill would never reach. So you put the church close to them. You know, when we started talking about a 100 healthy congregations, I saw that number up on the board, and I was hearing the discussion, and I said, you know, that's all right. That's a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And if we hit 75, that'd be great. If we hit 60, that'd be great. If we hit 50, that'd be fabulous. But you know what? I'm convinced more now than ever that we can do this. That this is something that God is actually putting in front of us that he wants to do. From the Kentucky line on the north to the Alabama line on the south, Dixon on the west, Lebanon on the east. You look at that quadrant, the number of people who are moving here from all over the nation. The number of people here who are moving here who, well, they'll see this big church, Brentwood Baptist Church in the big steeple and they'll go, oh, I can never find my place there. Okay. We'll find a church near you. We'll put a church near you. There's a reason Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors of ice cream. We'll make sure that we have your flavor of church a hundred times over. That's going to take identifying and training leaders. That's going to take finding places for these churches to meet. It's going to take uh, a process of engaging the community and putting the right planter in the right place. It's going to take resources. We're coming out of COVID. More now than any, and any time in my recent ministry, people are asking questions only Jesus can answer. The moment is right for us to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Your giving now is more important than ever. So give generously so we can find how God is going to share his glory, celebrate his goodness by letting us be part of a hundred healthy congregations in the greater Middle Tennessee area. Aren't you glad to be a church that God trusts with hard things? You know, when you're young and dating, you love being in love. Oh, there is something about that moment. There's something about being with that other person. It just makes rainbows appear in the sky and birds always sing and you've always got this little flitter flutter in your heart. But when you get married, the question changes. When you start going through life and enduring some of the bumps and ups and downs that life always brings, the question changes. The question isn't so much, do you love me? Will you love me? The question is, will you stay? You know, we don't mind the challenges that life brings to us. What we are afraid of is being alone. The thing that scares us most 
is we'll have to face some giant that attacks us in life, some ambush, and we'll have to do it all by ourselves. The question changes. If this happens, will you stay? If life gets hard, will you stay? It's one of the questions we ask Jesus, isn't it? You know who I am. You know what I've been through. You know where I'm going. Will you be there? Will you stay? You know what's even more interesting? That's the same question Jesus asked us. Will you follow? Will you come? Will you stay with me? Interesting how this question gets asked as we preach the third in a three-part series on the road to Emmaus and the conversation that happens with Jesus and Cleopas and his friend. This part we're going to read about what happened when they stopped and shared dinner. We'll pick up reading with verse 28. They came near the village where they were going. And they gave, and he gave the impression that he was going to go on further. But they, Cleopas and his friend, urged Jesus and said, stay with us because it's almost evening. And now the day is almost over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. And as, as he reclined at the table, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while we were talking with him and while he was on the road with us explaining the scriptures to us that very hour Cleopas and his friend got up and returned to Jerusalem they found the eleven and those who were gathered together who said the Lord has truly been raised and he has appeared to Simon and then they began to describe all that had happened on the road and how he was made known to them and the breaking of the bread Their eyes were opened. They recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it. Believe it. And live. Let's pray together. Come stay with us, Lord Jesus. Even as you stayed with Cleophas, even as you stayed with his friend, and give us the faith and courage to stay with you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, the day was almost over. And I imagine that Cleopas and his friend wondered where the time had gone. So much had happened in that day. You'll remember they were on the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, uh, having discovered that the body of Jesus wasn't in the tomb where they had buried him. There were all kind of rumors about Jesus being gone, about the, uh, an angel telling uh, the women 
that Jesus was waiting on them. Nobody could figure out what was going on. And in the middle of this intense discussion, a, a stranger joins Cleopas and his friend. And when they finally get to Emmaus, it's the end of the day. You don't want to travel alone. You certainly don't want to travel by yourself. So Cleopas and his friend were good hosts. Will you stay with us? We have so many questions. We want to talk with you more. Remember, Jesus had started explaining his own mission, the messianic journey of Jesus from from the redemptive plan that God put in place from the beginning of time. He, He talked about all of these things. Luke says throughout everything of Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained who he was and what he had to endure and why he had to do it and what this salvation meant. (laughs) I can imagine that Cleopas and his friend had a million questions. Please don't leave us, Jesus. Stay with us. Have dinner with us. We want to know so much more. Did you notice what happened? You see, Luke gives you all kind of little subtle clues that you need to pay attention to. One, they recline at the table, but Jesus takes the role of the head of the table. Now, if you grew up in the South like I did, dinner is important, the table is important, it's the center of family life, and everybody has an assigned chair. Daddy has his chair. Mom has her chair. Don't sit in daddy's chair. You're not daddy. You don't sit in daddy's chair. That's where daddy sits. Jesus, he sits in daddy's chair. It's his table. One of the last stories we have in Luke is Jesus with his disciples telling them, I couldn't wait to share this moment with you, this moment of the Passover supper. And now, one of the first things that Jesus does after his resurrection is he can't wait to share the supper with his followers. It's his table. It's always his table. Now, it may not be the table in the upper room. It may be the table in your kitchen. That is his table. It may be the table in your favorite restaurant where you and your friends always get together. That's Jesus' table. It's always his table. Every table is his table. That is the place where Jesus has chosen to reveal himself. And he did it in prayer. There must have been something about the way Jesus prayed. It must have been something unlike anything the disciples had ever heard. Because of all the things that they asked Jesus to teach them, of all the things they saw Jesus do, The one request that they had was, will you teach us to pray like you do? Now, you know me. That wouldn't have been what I asked Jesus. 
I probably would have asked Jesus to teach me to walk on water. That, that would be a lot more fun for me. I, that's just kind of the way I think. But I wonder if I had been there with the other disciples and I had heard Jesus pray, I would want to be able to pray like that. I would want to be able to pray with that kind of intimacy, with that kind of trust. That kind of safety. I, I mean, we have, some, we have some hard prayers from Jesus. Gethsemane, please take this cup from me. Is there any other way? And when the Father says no, Jesus is okay with that. The trust between Father and Son, the intimacy of the words, it must have been unlike anything else. Can you teach me to pray like that? And he tore the bread. Blessed the bread, tore the bread, and they knew who he was. You know, one of the things that's happened in this quarantine is we have lost community. And we're finding out how important community is. And a lot of us have had a really hard time because we were so isolated. We need each other. We all need each other. The purpose of the church is, is to have a place to gather together with other brothers and sisters who are on the same journey, who can encourage, who can hold you accountable to your best self, to remind you of the goodness of God and his mercies and how he's working in your life in the world. And we forget that. But this is the place where Jesus has chosen to reveal himself. Now, you know me, I, I grew up in the South. The table was an important part of our life. And the best days of our life as a family was when we would sit together at the table and Daddy would start telling stories. And there were some hilarious stories. My dad was a great storyteller, so much so that sometimes you'd have to push back at the t from the table because you were laughing so hard and you were afraid you were going to choke on something because Daddy wouldn't quit telling the story and give you time to catch your breath. You know what happened in those stories? I found out who I am. I found out in those stories, this is who you are. This is the family you belong to. I found out who loves me. I found out around that table. I found out I came from a long line of people who had been on this journey called life. And I was part of it. I learned all that around the table. I learned what is important and what's valuable, what we stand for, what a Glenn will fight for. I learned all that around the table. And what Luke is reminding you and me of is, is when we gather together as a body, you remember who you are. You know who you are. You remember the story that's brought you to this place. You remember your family. All these people belong to me, and I belong to them, and we're family. There's nothing you can do about it. We're just family. And all that happens 
when you share the table. Ah, but I tell you all the time, the problem is that Jesus won't stay where you put him. And here we are having this moment where we want to ask Jesus all of these questions. We want to find out what is it that you, you need to tell us more about from Moses and the prophets and this great message of salvation. And like other times in the Bible, Jesus doesn't give us an answer. He simply shows up. He is the answer. You know, the book of Job, Job asked God all of these questions, all these questions you and I want to know. What is the meaning of life? Why have you allowed this to happen? Why do bad things happen to, uh, to good people? We want to know all the answers to these questions. And at the end of the book, God doesn't answer one of them. He shows up. And that's Job's answer. He shows up. So we come together in the middle of all that this year has brought to us. We have so many questions. So much we want to know from Jesus. And he shows up. He's the answer to every question we will ask. He shows up. but he won't stay long. Oh, how frustrating. It must have been absolutely maddening for Cleopas and his friend to be sitting in front of Jesus and they're just watching him disappear. Wait, where's he going? Oh, he has other people to talk to. He's got other things to do. You see, I told you the question changes. The question isn't, will Jesus stay with you? He's answered that. He's answered that in the resurrection. The answer to that is yes. He won't let anything, not even death, keep him from being with you. He will stay and nobody and nothing can take him away from you. Now here's the question we have to answer. <laughs> will you stay with him? Jesus was teaching one time and got very blunt about what it costs to be a disciple. And the gospel writers tell us that people looked at each other and said, this is too hard, and most of them left. To the point where Jesus turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave too? Peter says, where will we go? For you alone have the words of life. Jesus asked his disciples, will you stay? Gethsemane. The disciples fall asleep while Jesus is agonizing in prayer. Jesus finds them. Can you not stay awake? Can you not stay with me when it gets hard? 
And so as Luke closes his story, he leaves us with this one picture. The table with Cleopas and his friend and the place where Jesus used to be. Will Jesus stay with you? Nothing can keep him from you. That's what this table, that's what this moment reminds us of. But the question, question changes. The question today, right now, will you stay with him? It was at the table and the sharing of the bread and the cup. One of the things that has happened in the COVID pandemic is we've had to be careful in how we share things like the Lord's Supper and we've ended up with this little plastic tacky thing that works. But it's still tacky. So if you're joining us online, run to the kitchen now and get what you need for the Lord's Supper. As this reminds us, it didn't have to be exactly right. It just has to be a symbol, something that can help you focus on what you need to focus on. Like a piece of bread. I got a friend who says the only thing bread is is a butter delivery system. That the best part of bread is that it helps you eat butter. Jesus says that this bread is his body. Broken for us. It's a grace delivery system. It brings His mercy, His love, His life so close to us we can taste it. Body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat all of it. I love a good whodunit. And I'm always fascinated by the way, the crusty old detective looks at all the clues left in the room of the crime scene. One of the things that they'll look at is the pattern of the blood spatter. If there's been a violent crime, 
then how is the blood distributed? Does it show force, direction? Where was the victim standing when the crime occurred? What happened? They can, all tell, they can tell that all by the blood spatter. So I wonder what the detective would have said if he'd been standing at the bottom of the cross and trace the blood splatter. all over the world, all over every person, all over every sin. He would have seen the salvation of God and the evidence of it. in that blood splatter, blood of Christ, shed for you. Take and drink all of it. Lord Jesus, it was at the table where you made yourself known to Cleopas and his friend. Now, Lord Jesus, Make yourself known to us. And we pray this in your name. The question isn't, will Jesus stay with you? He's answered that question in a way that you can't ever think the answer is anything other than yes. So now we're to the question that he would ask you. Will you Come with him. Remember, Jesus left Cleopas and his friend. You got to catch up with this Jesus who's on this mercy, a mission, who's on this mission of salvation to reach other people who need to know him. So are you coming? And will you stay with him? For some of you, this news that Christ has come to you is brand new and you, you got questions. You want to know what it means and what you can do that's okay. We don't expect you to know the answer to every question. We'd love to talk with you about it. Will you just text CONNECT to 623-623 and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. Maybe you want to know more about our church. We'd love to have that conversation. CONNECT to 623-623 and we'll be in touch with you as soon as we can. However the Lord has come to you, I pray now that your response to Him is exactly what he wants. Any way that Brentwood Baptist Church can minister to you or your family, we would love to do that. Sometimes we don't know how. We wait on you to tell us. Just text CONNECT to 623. Tell us how we can be a good friend to you now. We'd love to have that opportunity. CONNECT to 623-623. Thanks for being with us in this online worship service of Brentwood Baptist Church, and we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.